0: Welcome to So You Want to Be a Witch, the podcast for soul-centered entrepreneurs and the people who love them. Welcome back to So You Want to Be a Witch, the podcast for soul-centered entrepreneurs and the people who love them. I'm your host, Sarah M. Chapel. Happy 2021. <laughs> I am going to uh, share my 2021 business predictions with you today. And I'm going to be honest, it's a little weird as it has been for the past, Year, uh, recording this uh, this week, we had our. I know it wasn't t- okay. It was not technically a coup, but I think we're probably going to keep calling it a coup. Our attempted coup uh, in the United States and the ongoing volatility of the world at large. But for me, especially locally, and I think that a lot of you are experiencing that, whether it's through the pandemic, through the uprisings, the ongoing police brutality, and then yes, what we saw in the storming of the Capitol building um, earlier this week. That. Business feels extra hard, I think, for a lot of us. It is hard to kind of hold space for the experiences that we are having individually and collectively, and then to go back and do your job. I know as in some ways, as small business owners, as entrepreneurs, we have a lot more flexibility and freedom to create space for our own processing. And I hope that you are doing that if you are able. But I also know that Unlike a more traditional job where maybe you are expected, if you were, to go back to work and just be normal the next day, which is not, not really a healthy uh, response uh, from our, our corporations, I think there is a different level of uh, responsibility, perhaps, as entrepreneurs, because we know that if we take days off, or we take too much time off, or we, whatever, that it really does impact our ability to generate revenue and to support ourselves, and there's an extra level of stress there. I wanted to start by opening that up because in the context of this podcast, you know, we talk a lot about, you know, self-care, what it means to have a holistic business. Uh, We had a whole episode at the end of 2020 about your minimal viable business. And we'll link to that into the show notes because I think that's a really great thing to revisit right now, uh, though I am, I guess, in some ways hopeful that there will be some level of of new stability uh, when... our new president is inaugurated. I also know, as many of you do and feel pretty acutely, that, that this is just the beginning of the transformations that at least in the United States uh, we'll be undergoing. And of course, the pandemic itself is, <laughs> is far from over. Wear a mask, y'all. Um, so recognizing that having your own business at a time like this, while it's extremely powerful, and I'm going to get into the pep talk part of this in a second. It does require a level of planning and and kind of self care strategy that I think is important for us to remember because this isn't just a job where you can show up and clock in and kind of have a shitty day or or whatever. We have to actually show up and do our work. If we don't do our work, there isn't someone to cover for us. If we miss deadlines, if we you know, the 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 stakes are a little bit higher in many ways. So. Making sure that you have a plan in place to really triage your business uh, right now, but also for the future. We're we're no we're not out of the out of the woods yet. <laughs> I don't know if we ever will be per se, but you know this is this this upheaval and these these confluence of, of of events is this is this is not over. So having those plans both for yourself personally, but also within the context of really wild time, please make sure that you are figuring out what you need to do to keep showing up. Because every time, and this has been going on with me for for many years, but I'd say this year especially, when we have something like uh, the, the insurgent riots at the Capitol building in the United States, I, I really don't know what to call it, the <laughs> disgusting display of, of white privilege at the Capitol building, maybe that's a way to put it, we have to come back or I come back and ask this question of, of does, what am I doing? Like, does it even matter? <laughs> right? Why do I think it's important to help people grow small businesses? Why does my work matter? And for each of you, maybe you're feeling that as well. I know many of you are activists, maybe your work is more closely like linked to that directly. So you can see those initial ram- those like clear ramifications. But I think for a lot of us who have small businesses, so much of the work is, is maybe is maybe a couple steps away from that, or it's part of our values, but it's not Necessarily, what we do on a daily basis in in an explicit way. And every time this past year, what I've come back to is this: that the instability, the fact that we really cannot trust that the systems in place are going to support us, they do not support us. What that reinforces for me is how absolutely critical it is for us to have the ability to support ourselves. And again, not in an isolationist way but in the way where caring for yourself is the first step of community care, where you getting paid means that you can show up, you can do good work, you can help people, and you can give back in all the ways that you want to. Having a small business continues to be a revolutionary act, especially this year. This is saying that you are, you are claiming back what is yours, <laughs> your right to do work that you like, To do work that you think changes the world in a way that is positive, has a positive impact, a business that actually brings your values into the world, that changes the world, and that you deserve to get paid for that and to have the ability to make your own money, since we do live in in a society that requires that, right? So I just want to remind you that it does matter. And that doesn't mean that you need to dive back in right away, it doesn't mean that you are supposed to keep hustling through horrific experiences. But it does mean that we can think ahead, we can recognize that the, the illusion of stability <laughs> is gone. And this is a really fantastic time to not only reinforce your values, what do you believe? Why does your work matter? How are you impacting people? But to make sure that you have a minimal viable business plan, essentially a way to triage so that you can take care of yourself without losing out on, on, on the revenue that you need and the ability to care for your customers. You know, it, it's maybe more than you signed up for, but it's, it's what we got. And when you make good money, doing good work, you know, you, you do, you do change the world. And small businesses are, it matters. It really matters. Our ability to support ourselves and to support those we love. Mm. So this might, not a prediction, that's a, I guess my prediction is uh we're not done yet. <laughs> so <laughs> the birthing pains of great change are, are not gonna gonna disappear overnight, even even if that vaccine ever gets out to people. But I did want to talk a little bit about some of what my uh I call it my spidey sense, which is pretty stupid. I guess my intuition, my psychic sense <laughs> is telling me about business this coming year for 2021, and some of the kind of predictions or or areas of of interest and focus that I think are going to, going to maybe be things to think about, whether it's for yourself or just things to, you know, in your own business or, yeah, I'm hoping I'll give you guys some ideas because I've had some kind of pretty big shifts in, not really opinion, but direction start to come up at the end of last year, looking into how the landscape has changed. So I have one primary shift that I'm going to share with you, one prediction, if you will. And this is based on the fact that with a combination of people working less, people working from home, it's amazing how much time you get back when you don't have to commute, right? <laughs> the, people actually have more free time than they used to. And my guess is that that's going to continue to be true for most of 2021. I say more free time. I understand that those of you with small children, uh, that might, have, might be completely different. But for a lot of folks, not going out, no social en- engagements. Um, no commute, there are more hours in the day that aren't taken up by, by some of the th- same things. And that coupled with the <sighs> purposefully inflammatory and often misleading information that is spread throughout social media in the past year, which is not a new thing at all, but became very, very heightened in 2020. People are reading more. <laughs> People are consuming more long form content, more time, and I think increasingly a recognition that just reading a post on Instagram is not the same as being informed, right? Or isn't the same as knowing something. And that in fact, that post probably has an agenda, you know, whether that's an agenda you agree with or not. And what this is opening up for me, and what started to come through at the end of last year, which really surprised me, was that I actually think that for small businesses, long form content is going to be. A more powerful tool in the coming year. Specifically, I mean blogs. <laughs> so those of you who have worked with me may know that for the past couple of years, I say the past two years, I've been a little like blog skeptical. I think that the blog world got super overrun. Um, there are way too many people out there telling you that you can just like start a blog and magically make money. You can't, the the, the internet is not like that anymore. And I also, you know, have been skeptical of the amount of time and effort that people believe they need to put into a blog in order to reap its benefits. And I've in general steered my clients away from that. I've said that I don't think this is most likely that this is not the best use of your time. Whereas even three or four years ago, I think blogs were very useful. That said, I think they're making a comeback. I know a lot of you are using Patreon similarly, but I'm really talking about the kind of forward facing primary content that you create in your business, being something that is more long form. Now, whether that could be that could be a podcast, certainly that could be video, um, that could be YouTube, um, or other video platforms. But for me, what's coming through is blog. So I'm sharing that with you. And along with this is this idea of really recognizing the power in small online business to really become more of what has been called um, by Peter Drucker, I think, in the 50s coined this term, the 1950s (laughs) coined this term, knowledge workers. So most online business owners are to some extent knowledge workers. We are thinkers, we are creators. Even if you're making physical products primarily, you you are creating new things, you are inventing things. And that is essentially knowledge work on some level. Some of us, like myself, are probably more on like the traditional knowledge work spectrum than others, but that there is a real thirst right now in particular for new ideas for, or reworked ideas or for actual synthesis of information into a useful form, that the scattershot landscape of social media has become fraught. It has become more stressful than ever. It's a lot of information intake with very little synthesis, analysis, and ultimately, you know, help implementing it. So, from the kind of the content perspective in your business, what I'm getting at is that I actually feel like with the increased kind of um, ability to or or time that a lot of people have to devote to these things, coupled with, and I think most importantly, the increased desire to have a deeper understanding. Of things that uh, recognizing that how critical it is for us to do our own research, for us to um, to really come to our own um, opinions on things and get out of like the the kind of groupthink that really happens with with the algorithms. That creating more long form, robust, deep thinking style of content for your work is going to harness that. It's going to tap into that desire that people have. And that has also been coupled with the, I mean, online courses last year did so well because people with all this free time were excited to learn new things too. And recognizing that instead of just giving people snippets and little bites of stuff, that finding places where it is appropriate to go deeper, to provide more information or to think deeper, that that that's going to be really powerful moving into 2021 because people are hungry for that. They're thirsty for it. They're looking for ways to think differently to learn and to and to expand and apply. So for us, I'm actually going to be starting a blog in 2021. You heard it here first. <laughs> I'm really excited. I don't have it all mapped out yet, but I started to realize towards the end of the year that I have a lot of research I do, I have a lot of thinking that I do, I have a lot of opinions and ideas, and as much as I love this podcast, it's not going anywhere. It's not the best place to put together kind of coherent and more in-depth examinations and arguments about certain things. Some stuff just works better in text. So we're going to be starting a blog. And whether that is, you know, what you want to do, or you're thinking, oh, maybe I do want to do a podcast, or I do want to do a video, or maybe you're doing longer series on social media, right? Instead of like these little snippets. The idea that there is, is a real space for educational content right now that helps people to think differently, to look at things differently. And that the way to do that is is maybe not actually being uh so I mean I guess the kind of <laughs> the term is kind of clickbait. I don't really think of I don't really think of the way that I teach marketing as that, but, you know, as being something that really catches people's eyes, but is more of a slow draw. I, I think there's something interesting to chew on there. So some of these ideas are still a little vague, but there's, there's, a syn- there's something syncing up <laughs> for us between the way people are consuming content right now, the way people are kind of recentering their values and their personal agency in their ability to assess information, and how we as small business owners can, through the lens of our business, share more about our work or about our perspectives or about whatever it is that you teach or help people with by kind of by tapping into that and, and going a little bit deeper with people you know along with this really recognizing that the you know this has been true for a while the the knowledge economy is not something new but for online business owners getting out of the space of viewing our only value as in you know how much access people have to us for example or you know how many products we can make and also seeing that as small business owners in a time like this our actual knowledge and experience and ability to transmit information is really valuable. And most small business owners do more heavy thinking than, than a lot of folks because of the, the wide variety of, of things that we have to be paying attention to every time. Small business, as, as I'm sure many of you know, is, is a very actively synthesized thing to do, right? We have to know sales, we have to know marketing, we have to know some finance, we have to know the thing we make it ourselves, we have to have conversations with people, we have to, you know, there's just so many different things. And I think it puts us at a really interesting kind of nexus point to, to share a little bit more deeply. And, you know, with that in mind, some of the kind of strategies that have worked with content previously, I'm excited to get back in on. Um, I'm thinking that now is a great time to kind of dive back into Pinterest or to maybe, yeah, work on YouTube, things that are a little bit more content focused. And along with that, really kind of starting to break out of the assumptions out that I know I've, I wouldn't say I've made assumptions, but the areas of focus that I've had, maybe assumptions I've seen in the marketplace about the best way to meet new clients. And I was thinking a big thing we're going to see coming up this year that's already started are alternative advertising platforms, So instead of being, you know, on the Facebook Instagram platform, which side note, because this question comes up all the time, Facebook owns Instagram, and it's not just that they own Instagram, it's literally the same platform at this point. So just just keep that in mind. (laughs) There's this very interesting thing where everyone hates Facebook, but it's okay staying on Instagram. They're not separate. (laughs) I just gotta, I just gotta say it. Um, You can do what you will, but but that's, that's a false argument. Um, But the reason I'm mentioning it now is because Facebook ads are Instagram ads. It's the same platform. They're not separate in any way. So when I say Facebook ads, I mean, Instagram ads as well. And while that has been a really primary go-to, well, for a, quite some time in online business, um, TikTok is running, it has started an ad platform. Hulu has an ads platform now. I haven't played around with it yet, but Hulu, you or me can go and buy ads on Hulu now. Wild, right? Of course, Google has a really robust ads platform that is like super complicated to use, but thinking more and more about how people are using the internet right now. And I think more people are searching for stuff. I think that that there's like a, a, an eroded trust on social media that is driving people to Google or other search engines, which means that something like Google ads might be a really great way to get in front of people if you're doing some of this more long form blog or content work so that you can be answering people's questions and, um, and get, in, get in front of them that way. So kind of starting to break out of whatever silos you've put yourself in. Um, Pinterest has ads as well. But thinking about looking at those kind of emerging advertising markets, I think the Hulu one and TikTok ones are really interesting. Hulu in particular, I'm like, that's wild to me. I, I can't wait to play around with that. But also starting to think about how are people using the internet today? How are people using it more actively right now? And I find myself included a combination of, I'm using forums more. I'm using discord more. I'm getting into discord groups for things. And I am using, uh, I'm using search more. I'm doing more active, like Googling (laughs) of stuff. That that is actually a shift for me personally from getting a lot of my connection points and like the starting off points in my research from social media, I'm now going about it a little bit differently. So noticing that self assessment in yourself and seeing has my relationship shifted? Am I using things differently? And then being curious about what that might look like for your customers as well? How are they finding things? And I'm definitely not here to be like Facebook is and Instagram are going away. I don't think they are anytime soon. You know, even with the antitrust cases, which um, who knows what's going to really happen there. But we are going to be seeing some changes. And we have already seen a level of social media fatigue and kind of really anxiety social media use um, that has happened in the past year that's gotten a lot worse. And I think that's going to be driving people to look for new ways to connect on the internet. So that from I'm talking about this really from an advertising standpoint, but also thinking about like what are different ways you might want to connect on the internet and and seeing how that might apply to how your customers are using the internet as well. One thing I'm seeing Really look very interesting for the coming year is a continuation of how important community is in online programs. So, for those of you that are in that more info product realm, are, are are kind of more true knowledge workers, you're creating courses, membership sites, experiences. You know the community aspect seems to be more and more critical because as we see people get that more and more well overwhelmed with social media. I think we're actually going to see people become more and more embedded into their selected communities. This has positive you know, positive and negative ramifications, though since social media is already kind of an echo chamber, I'll venture that choosing to be more active in selected communities is is probably not any better or worse. But what I mean by that is that I have a sense that small group programs are going to be really powerful heading into 2021. And this kind of create some challenges with some things we talked about before in terms of scalability in business. That small group programs are not scalable. That's why a lot of times they tend to be exorbitantly expensive. The the time-pay ratio for a small group program is really hard to get right in my experience and boundaries and all of that. And I've run many now at this point. For the past four years, I've been running small groups in different capacities. And, And it can be really challenging to get that right. But I think if we can... That the the intimacy that emerges in small groups, um, especially ones that are either really accelerated programs where you kind of go through something together, like my incubator program, I always see so many relationships and friendships build there because everyone's been through like the pressure cooker, um, or whether it's something more long term, uh, like Craft Your Biz, which I do with Renzata Pack. That's our year long business magic mentorship program you know, that that's like a, a an entire year with a small group of people, um, that those kinds of things are really powerful, because people are really hungry for community and hungry for an authentic community that can only really build through um, containers that create intimacy. On the flip side of that, I do also think larger communities are going to be really important. And I'm kind of making a vague differentiation between small and large and leaving out medium sized. And <laughs> I don't have like a number for you. But I have this feeling that there's this there's this kind of like, dead zone in community sizes that probably varies business to business or niche to niche where they're not small enough to be intimate anymore, but they're not big enough to be kind of robust enough to be self-feeding. And, you know, I think that I've run into that with some stuff that I've done in the past and that now like with the Holistic Business Academy, the community has gotten to a size where it's starting to be self-feeding. And by that, I mean, people are supporting each other more, are answering each other's questions, are willing to show up and share their knowledge and experience and also ask for help. There's a more relationship building happening at the size that my membership is now than there was probably, you know, uh, I'd say like last year or um, early last year when we were a little, when we were about half the, we're less than half the size. So kind of watching your own business for where those points might be because I think those larger robust communities are really powerful, especially for things like membership sites. Um, but that there can be kind of a, a dead zone in the middle where there's so there's enough people that, you know, folks are kind of like, oh, I don't, I don't feel like I know everyone anymore. But there aren't so many people that it becomes, yeah, self-feeding. So I'm kind of watching out for that alongside, you know, encouraging community building. I'll also say, of course, if you're like, I don't want to manage a community, then don't, you don't, you do not have to (laughs) keep in mind. These are just kind of predictions and suggestions. Um, But I do think that is going to be a really key piece to ongoing growing businesses. And, you know, alongside that, thinking about what are the ways that you can add value to communities that don't necessarily take more effort from you. Um, Something fun we did in Craft Your Biz was a, we all got together remotely, of course, and watched the craft, the 1995 version. And We streamed it, and we had a chat, and it was so much fun. Like you know, and yes, it took like a minute of organization, and of course, like we had to be there to watch it, which was awesome. But you know, we didn't have to create new content or do anything for it. It was just a community experience to get to do. And I'm thinking more about how we do that in the Holistic Business Academy as well. What kind of things can we do to add value, community-wise, that don't necessarily require more, you know, effort? From me or my team necessarily, just kind of help to kind of facilitate that. So, being mindful that, you know, some of these things we're talking about, it's not about making more content or even hosting more coaching calls or doing more of this or that. It's more about how do we kind of create more connections. And then the kind of final piece, (laughs) which I guess it's a prediction, but I'm actually, I'm really, (laughs) it's also like a a warning and a, uh, and that's something that I think people are going to be more receptive to this year, really which is having like the most hardcore boundaries of your business life in 2021. It is more critical than ever to ensure that you are actively choosing what you engage with and how you spend your time. And I say this as somebody who has a brain that is, is pretty wild and doesn't always work and doesn't always let me choose how I spend my time and often Gets very, uh, very compulsive uh, with how it, how it thinks. So I, I'm saying this like, you know, take this with the grain of salt for what you personally experience, right? But that after a year of the inundation of Zoom and Zoom school and like social media crises and like the spin and just all of this like confusion and noise and and just fear and oh, I mean, don't even get me started on the, the shame. Uh, the shame-based policing that we've been doing of people, like there's a lot of interesting things happening, that you have the ability to be responsible for how you spend your time. And that your boundaries in your business need to be more firm than ever. The good news is, I think that after 2020, people are more likely to respect boundaries. I think folks I mean, I'm making broad generalizations. There are all these people who who don't respect boundaries. Um, Though, as my therapist says, I think I've said this to you guys before, boundaries are a behavior, which blew my mind. So this is a behavior that we are doing. We create and enforce our boundaries, right? It's our behavior. It's our action. But a lot of folks really recognize that the boundaries matter more this year. I think a lot of folks who maybe never needed to have good boundaries or haven't really experienced that in the past year started to maybe see why this could be really powerful and important for them as well so i believe we're going to see an uptick kind of just in like the respect of boundaries this is maybe this is me being hopeful but coming out of 2020 that more people are really recognize the need for time off to you know not be on email all the time to not um, be on social media all the time to not be always available or always on and i'm excited for us this year collectively to just really figure out what that is for each of us individually, what nurtures us, what gets us excited, and what is draining. And, you know, we did a kind of an experiment um, a couple weeks ago, I took off for almost two weeks uh, from the business, which was really exciting. And um, that also meant that for the first time since I started it, I wasn't available to our Holistic Business Academy members. First of all, I just want to say thank you to our members for being so fucking chill. I appreciate it. Um, you know, I was hoping to model taking time off as well. But also, you know, it, it's a quieter time of year. This was over the holidays and things had started to quiet down anyway. And, you know, we, we put up a very thorough, frequently asked questions for our members. We put up uh, auto responders that help them find things they needed. And ultimately, had nothing (laughs) happened, that would have needed my attention. And I think what I'm kind of getting to it there is that a lot of times, in my experience, for myself and for people that I have coached, boundaries are very reactionary. We're like, oh shit, I just can't do this anymore. And we like throw up a boundary. Like, no. (laughs) And that's okay. That's totally valid. But if we actually plan ahead for our boundaries then we're able to create a better experience and set better expectations for everyone involved. That by setting expectations, whether that is by having an autoresponder that says, hey, we answer emails Monday through Friday. Y'all, I can't even tell you. The idea that when we're doing launches and things, we do check emails on the weekends and we're gonna continue to do that because just people have sales questions and that's important to me to answer people's questions as they're making these like buying decisions. But like, if we don't have if we don't have our Evergreen webinar up, if we don't have a launch going on, there really isn't anything that people need to talk to us on the weekends about. So we now have an autoresponder where we're not checking email on the weekends. I I've never done that in my entire business, to be completely honest. I've always like kind of at least tapped in at least once a day just to make sure nothing was on fire, and we did it. But we were able to do that because we told people. <laughs> And we created an autoresponder and we set the expectation of when they would hear from us. And, you know, I think a lot of small business owners this past year were really over flooded with orders and, and had those experiences of people expecting small businesses to be Amazon and, you know, exerting your boundaries or having even autoresponders or any of that, that doesn't mean people aren't going to, um, to misunderstand or willfully misunderstand what you're putting out there. But It does mean that the vast majority of your customers, especially the ones you actually want to be working with, are going to have clear expectations for how to engage with you. And that is going to help to to give them uh, more comfort as well, because they know that they're respecting your boundaries because you told them, right? Because you told them what they were. So if we can look at boundaries as a behavior that we can plan ahead for, instead of just being in reaction mode then we can set up these little systems in your business. We can set up the autoresponders. We can turn off the DMs on Instagram. You can do whatever it is that you need to do. Um, You can post it in your groups or post it on Instagram or do whatever. And make sure that people actually know how to best get support from you inside your business. So to recap real quickly, we talked about kind of what I'm viewing as a resurgence of, of long form content blogs, uh, longer videos, longer podcasts that are really more information focused, more educational, and also that really help people think how to think, right? Which if you've been in any of my marketing programs, you know that a lot of what we talk about is shifting people's assumptions um, about about the work that we do or about the result that they want, right? Sometimes we call that disruptive content, but really what we're doing is disrupting people's thought assumptions that now When people are actually reading more, are engaging more with content, want a deeper dive, we can actually do an even better job of that by harnessing our power as thinkers, as knowledge workers to create content that helps people to change. We talked about, and alongside with that, the way people are using the internet now uh, and potential for different advertising strategies, being on different platforms, noticing how your usage is changing and recognizing that your customers is probably as well. And starting also to really see the importance of community moving into 2021 even more, especially small intimate groups and large self-feeding groups that create, um, create support for people in specific areas of their lives, play, especially in places where maybe they haven't been able to get that or the places they used to get that on maybe Instagram or other social media platforms no longer feel like they're supportive. And then finally, we talked about boundaries <laughs> and that, you know, boundaries are a behavior and that we are going to really have an opportunity this year to ensure that we are prioritizing ourselves. And that brings us all the way back to that first thing that I said, which is that the, the illusion of stability is gone. And for, for some of you that has been gone for a long time, but I would say kind of collectively, everyone's like, oh, shit. <laughs> the United States democracy could fail, what? <laughs> and that with that, that, that illusion being removed, it is so much more important for us to stay true to our values, to be aware of the choices that we're making about how we spend our time and how we make our livelihood, and to see the power and the, the really the justice in being able to financially support ourselves in a world that does not help us do that. Especially if we, if we don't fit into whatever the particular mold or flavor of the day is. And that your boundaries then are critical. Because in order for you to do the good work you want, to make good money, to do that ethically and aligned with your values, you have to take care of yourself. Because while we as a community are going to help each other, we also know no one is coming to save us. Yes, well, <laughs> we save ourselves, we save each other. With that in mind, I hope this is useful for you heading into the new year. I would, you know, love to hear your feedback over on Instagram. Let me know what you guys are building. And I can't wait to share my blog with you when I get it up. Um, But I will talk to you all next week, most likely. Bye for now.